our call. And today I'm going to end with courage. And a lot of us, you know, like I shared before, as I was thinking about values, this is the one that I struggle the most. The one that I would think, should we put this in there or should we not put this in there? Because I know that once you put courage in there, that meant that I, along with you know, each other, had to act in the face of our fears. And that's a scary thing. You know, one of uh, the movies that always comes out now, it always just comes out on holidays. Um, it's called The Wizard of Oz. And, you know, there are four and five characters that we can identify with. But I think a lot of us identify with a cowardly lion. At least I do. And, and here you have this lion who symbolizes courage, but he's a coward. And so many times he wants to exhibit courage. Remember when the time he first meets Dorothy, the scarecrow, and the tin man? He kind of tries to bully them, and he wants to get in a fight with them. And all it took was Dorothy just slapping him in the face. And all of a sudden he starts crying, and he goes, oh, I'm just a coward. And throughout the movie, we see him trying to be uh, courageous. But he always gives into his fear and backs down. I remember the scene when um, they were going to go into the witch's castle, and he asked the scarecrow and the, the tin men if they could do him a favor. And he said, what? And he just replies, can you talk me out of this? And that was him. And I, I think we're like that too, where we want to act courageous. Yet sometimes fear overtakes us, and we, instead of being courageous, we act you know, cowardly. And there's something inside us that doesn't feel right when we do that. Because we were made to live courageously. And then at the end, he finally meets the Wizard of Oz and he gets this medal and all of a sudden he's courage. He has this courage. But I remember what the Wizard of Oz said to him. He said, you just confuse cowardice with fear. And a lot of times we Unconfused cowardice with fear. Or courage is um, not being fearful. No, courage is acting in the face of fear. Without fear, there cannot be courage. Okay? And if you take a look at our value, our value is pushing past our fears to live in faith and obedience to God. And we deliberately said pushing back our fears. Because a lot of people think in order to have faith, that means I have no fear. No. Faith and courage are very similar. And it's all about acting in the light of God's going to put us in some pretty scary situations. But you know what? If you want to feel alive, if you want to feel with this vigor and just wake up this morning and just feel like you are living life to its fullest, the only way to do that is if you live courageously. Because if we live cowardly, we're never going to experience that. We're not going to experience God's um, work in our lives. And God knows that. God wants us to live a life that's full. God wants us to feel alive. And the reason he puts these dangerous situations in front of us, scary situations in front of us, is so we could face them and with him we could overcome those things and thus feel alive. That's what he wants. But so many times we give in to our fear. We look at the task that God places before us. We look at our situation and say, this is too difficult. I quit. And we never, ever see what God could do if we had just had the courage to stay in that situation. You know, in Joshua 1.9, um, the author writes, 
Have I not commanded you, be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever you go. Now, I know we see that verse a lot, and we see that, well, this is what God told to you know, Joshua. But this is a theme that we see in the Old Testament. We see even in Deuteronomy that God tells Joshua, and Moses tells Joshua the same thing. In First Chronicle, Chronicles 22, Solomon was charged with building this temple, and he had no idea how to do this. And his father David told him the same thing. In Second Chronicles 32, King Hezekiah told his military leaders, Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid, for God will be with us. So we see that theme. Even in the New Testament, Jesus says, I will be with you always. And so part of the intro, it starts off in, you know, Joshua 1.9. It says, be strong and courageous. Now, if you look at those two words, strong and courageous, they're similar. But really when it, he's talking about strong, he's not talking about physical strength here. He's talking about, in the Hebrew, it says to fasten to or to bind tightly. Some of your versions actually said, instead of saying being strong, it says have conviction. Okay? It says have conviction and be courageous. And basically what the author is saying here is we have to have the conviction that we have to believe that God knows what he's doing and that he will be with us. And then we could act courageously accordingly. So what he's saying is have conviction that God knows what he's doing. When God asks you to do something scary, when God has put you in a situation where you don't know how it's going to turn out and you're afraid, have the conviction that God knows what he's doing. And have the conviction that God will never tempt you beyond what you're able to handle. That the reason you're in that situation is God knows that with you and him, you could overcome that. And because of that situation, you will grow. You have to have that conviction. Conviction. And then act courageously. Because you know that not only do I have the conviction that God knows what he's doing, but that God is with me. God knows what he's doing. God is with me. Therefore, act courageously in confront whatever fear that you have. It says, we are courageous when we obey God in spite of our fears because we are convinced that God is with us. You know, so many times we look at courageousness and we tie that to the outcome. That we think, oh, we only are courageous or this act was only worth it if the outcome was positive. That if we win or if we succeed. Courage has nothing to do with the outcome. You know, God looks at the act itself. Because there are many times when God's people acted courageously and they lost their lives. You know, their families were persecuted. They were persecuted. And the outcome wasn't good. Right? However, what God says is to act, what he says, to act, the act of courage is what counts. You know, Jade said, um, you know, she was, you know, bullied by girls. And I've shared this to you when I was younger that happened to me too and and so part of it i was small and skinny and i always used to think that 
for me to act in courage and to get in a fight and stand up for something that I had to win. That if I didn't win, if I couldn't overcome this guy, um, then it was worthless. Or if I got beat up, then it was a total failure. Till I realized that, you know, standing up, whether I won or not, really didn't matter. It was the fact that I stood up that counted. And that's courage. And so many of us do not stand up because we confuse a positive outcome with this is the reason I need to stand courageously. No, we stand courageously regardless of the outcome. If we go to the next um, verse, Hebrews eleven sixteen, And the author says, And without faith it is impossible to please God because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and rewards those who honestly seek him. Without faith, without faith, it is impossible to please God. And faith and courage are tied to each other. So faith is closely tied to courage. Faith is not closely tied to comfort. <laughs> and that's what we want. We want to be able to act in faith comfortably. right? But God doesn't do that. God doesn't say, Dave, I want you to take this step of faith and I want you to have a good time and feel comfortable about doing it. Don't worry, I'll be with you. No, God asks to do some pretty big things and he says what? Go out in faith that I'm with you. Be convicted that I know what I'm doing and that I'll be with you. Have that faith to go forward and do that. That's what faith, that's what pleases God. You know, in the Chronicles of Narnia and Prince Caspian, there's this conversation between Lucy and C.S. Lewis. You know, he used like Lucy as a, a figure of, or to represent us as believers, and Aslan, the lion, as to represent um, Jesus. But there's a, um, conf- now this is the second, um, uh, I guess this is the sequel to The Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. And so they fought battles and so Lucy finally sees Aslan. And she asks, you know, after they've been in battle, she goes, why didn't you show yourself? And why couldn't you come in roaring and save us like you did the last time? And Aslan replies, things never happen the same way twice. And so many times don't we wish God would just do the same thing over and over and over again. So when we act out in courage, when God asks us to do something in faith, we know, okay, we know how God's going to show up. It's comforting that way. But that's not the way God works. We see that throughout Scripture. Remember when the Israelites crossed the Red Sea? God parted it, and they went across. Then God asked Joshua to do the same thing, except for the Jordan River. And instead of parting it, he told Joshua, you know... This, this thing's only going to open when your priests get their feet wet. Could you imagine that? Before he saw Moses do it and it parted. This time he's seeing his whole country going towards the water. And he's got to be praying, oh Lord, I hope this works. Because this is not like the last time you did it. Or remember when they fought. And then Moses, when he lifted up his hands. What happened with the Israelites in battle? They were winning. And what happens when he would lower his hands? They would start losing. But then at Gibeon, 
God confused the army, so they started fighting each other. But also when they started running away, God brought hail down from heaven and destroyed them. And then he kept the sun out longer. This is the passenger said the sun stood still so they would have more daylight so they could rout the army. Very different. You know, why could you say, Joshua, just get up there and keep your hands up? If you could keep your hands up, you're a lot younger than Moses. You know, we're going to win. No, God does things differently. And then what happens in Jericho? March around the city seven times. And at the end, blow your trumpets and horns. And you're going, what? You know, you know, God, why can't you come up with that same strategy? But we had a prayer conference with our sister church, Venice, you know, a couple of Saturdays ago. And one of the things that the teacher um, said, which was, which is true, is that even when healing the blind, Jesus used different ways. You know, one way that would heal the blind, he would just touch their eyes and they were, would be able to see. There's one time when Jesus actually spit in the guy's eyes. Could you imagine that? What do you want? What do you want? Uh, I want to see Jesus. Okay. You know, and he spit and Jesus, Jesus spit in his eyes. And he said, open your eyes. And the guy opened them, but things were still blurry. And he goes, the adults, they kind of look like trees. And then what did Jesus do? Jesus touched his eyes and he could see. Another time a person came to him and Jesus spat in the mud. Okay, and made these mud cakes, and he put it on the person's eye and had him wash it off, and then he could see. But Jesus also healed the blind by just telling them, "Open, you're healed." He didn't do anything; he just said, "You're healed." Even in that act, Jesus heals people different ways. He doesn't do it the same way. Don't you think it'd just be easy if Jesus said, "You could see, you could see, you're healed, you're healed, you're healed." No, he, he healed people, you know, different ways. God's going to do things differently in our lives. He's going to show up in different ways. You might, he, now, he promised that he's go, always going to be there with us. He's going to be there for it. So in the midst of our trials, in the midst of our hardship, we could be convicted that God knows what he's doing and that God will be with us. The only thing we're not sure of is how he's going to show up. And most likely, he's not going to show up the same way we expect him to. And we're going to be have to going out in faith and going, okay, about this time, God did this last time. Okay, God, I'm following you. Last time you did this, where are you? And God's just sitting there. Keep going. I'm with you. I know what I'm doing. I'll show up in a new way. So you need to act out in faith and courage. And that's what I hope gives each one of us hope. That God knows what he's doing. And that God always promises to be there with us. But then I had epiphany too when I was thinking about ministry. And I was thinking about how we do ministry. How many times do we do ministry and we've been doing it for the same way? Doing ministry the same way. And what? We wonder, God, why aren't you showing up? Well, you've always, you've always done this and you expect me to show up in a different way. You want me to show up? Try something new. Here, I want you to do this. You go, well, I'm not sure about that. You know? 
But it's, it goes the same for us. So if you're a ministry leader, think about that. Think about your ministry. Thinking about how you plan things, how you're doing things. Are you just doing things the same way you've been doing for the last 5, 10, 15 years? And expecting God to show up? Or maybe, just maybe, God might be convicting you this morning to say, you know what? I think God wants us to do things differently. And I'm willing to try new things to see how God will show up in different ways. And that's what excites people in your ministries. But even in your life right now, is God calling you to do something? Something that's new. Or maybe that could be part of your prayer life. God, you know, I've been doing the same thing over and over and over again. You know, Father, you know God, where do you want me to go? How do you want me to obey you? You know, what are these areas that I'm afraid of that I always expect you to come up and show up in the same way? And allow God to show up in ways that you never expected. You know, I could guarantee you this, that God will do amazing things in your life if you only step out in faith and have the courage to obey God and to push past your fears in order to act, knowing that God knows what he's doing and that God will not um, leave you, that God is always there. You know, as we come to this time of communion, even Jesus faced that. And as he was, you know, praying to God, he said, you know, God, you know what? You know, if this cup could pass from me, if I don't have to do this, if there's any other way, can you do that? But what was his final response to his father? Not my will, but your will be done. And so once again, we are experiencing communion today or celebrating communion because of the courageous act that Jesus did on the cross on our behalf. And I think Jesus, you know, being human, he probably knew the pain that he was going to have to go through. But I think Jesus' biggest fear was being separated from his father. Throughout all eternity, Jesus was never separated um, from God, the father. But on that cross, when he took all of our sins and he paid for them and took the wrath of God. I mean, you can imagine all the wrath of God coming down on Jesus Christ on the cross and God had to turn his back on his son. I think that's what Jesus um, didn't want to experience is that separation that he had with his father. But he said, God, you know, not my will, but your will be done. So as we come to communion today, and I hope you were able to celebrate and thank, you know, Jesus for that courageous act that he did on behalf of each one of us. But also as a reminder that God wants us to act that way too. That God wants us to trust him. That without faith, it's impossible to please him. And he wants us to be strong. And he wants us to be courageous. Because he knows what he's doing. And he promises to be with us. Let's pray.